0: You're listening to a sermon preached at University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website, upc.org. Have you ever been on a road trip that, at the beginning at least, seemed to go wrong in every way? From the outset, you can tell things might be going downhill, and they might be going downhill pretty fast. After college, I was an intern at a college ministry similar to the inn down in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And in order to get there, I was going to go on a significant road trip. And two of my friends were going to go with me. So I was going to be packing all of my worldly possessions into my car. But I had to leave room for other people to sit. So it was um, quite an ordeal. After a day of packing and planning... My friend and I packed my car in an extremely efficient manner. The trunk was jammed, the back seat was jammed, and we drove back here to the U District, parked on 15th. It was late at night. And as um, soon as we got out of the car, we heard a really loud hissing sound coming from the rear passenger tire. It was rapidly losing all of its air. And the spare was, of course, at the bottom of my trunk, We had spent so much time packing. So in order to get to it, we would have had to take all my worldly possessions and have them strewn all across 15th, which wouldn't have necessarily been the smartest thing. So we were trying to think of what to do. Quick thinking, we got some gunk, and we we sprayed it in the tire, and we drove as fast as we could to the nearest Les Schwab. And we got there, and it was probably 2 a.m. at this point, and we called the number on the scientist that said call in case of emergencies. And so I got on, and I was talking to this person and telling them, breathlessly my tale of woe and how I was trying to do a road trip, but now I have a flat tire and I need a new tire as soon as possible. Can we pick up the car? You know, what's going to happen? And when I stopped, the person on the other end was silent until they finally said, this number is for if the building is on fire or something like that. Uh, It's a good thing that they didn't have the commercials then that they have now, because I would have been like, no, you come now and you fix my tire. That's what it tells me on your advertisements on Les Schwab. (laughs) But I did get the tire fixed, and and we left the next morning. Um, But from the beginning, all the planning and the effort seemed to be thwarted. I was anxious this was going to be a sign of what was coming, no matter how much planning we put into anything, ultimately, can't control the outcome. Doing everything we can to feel secure and in control is tricky, and I think it's one of the most tempting traps that we have in our culture. There's so much we can control. It seems simple. As people of faith, God's in control. But we lose sight of that pretty quickly. So this morning... We're going to examine the idea of security through the Psalms. See if we can discover anew what God's security is for us. But before we do that, please pray with me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Remind us that you are in our midst. Teach us from your word. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. In your precious name, amen. So we're in the midst of a three-week series called Road Trip. And we're looking at the Psalms of Ascent, which is a section of the Psalms that extends from 120 up through 134. And they're thought to be songs that the Israelites would have sung on pilgrimages to holy sites. Maybe songs of the mixtape of their road trip. Or they would sing them during the three important festivals every year. Now a few things to note about these psalms. They're shorter than your typical typical psalm. Easier to remember a song on the road trip when it's a little bit shorter. They talk about Israel and Zion and Jerusalem. The destinations that the Israelites had on their road trip. And also they talk about the power of community, and our identity in God. The joy of road trip is so often how we get to enjoy it with the people we're with, the community that we get to go on a road trip with. Now, one reason that these psalms are some of my favorites is they seem to reflect the concerns of everyday life, your typical Israelite, their work, their daily routine, their family and friends, their neighborhoods. Now, I appreciate King David and other kings and important people of Scripture and the Psalms they contributed to the collection, but the fact that these some of these Psalms are more your average everyday Israelite, I find encouraging that maybe they're songs more for you and for me. Last week Renee Notkin began this road trip mix by looking at Psalm 124. The importance for people of faith to remember their God, a God who is faithful committed to Israel, and that they know their identity lets them sing with confidence about their future. The same is true for us. Our identity as God's people impacts how we see ourselves, how we see our world, how we see God every day. Now, Today, we're going to take a closer look at the next psalm in the series, Psalm 125, and it's firmly planted in acknowledging that God is here. With us. It rests on the idea that Renee so eloquently talked about last week. God remembers us. So, since these are Psalms of community, let's read this Psalm together. Psalm 125, it's on page 498 of your Pew Bibles. And if you're able, please stand and we'll read this Psalm together as a community. Starting in verse 1. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time on and forevermore. For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, so that the righteous might not stretch out their hands to do wrong. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good, and to those who are upright in their hearts. But those who turn aside to their own crooked ways, the Lord will lead away with evildoers. Peace be upon Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. As you can see, this psalm is one that looks at geography, which is very important when you're on a road trip. You need to have a map or the GPS in your car, or if you have a smartphone, Google Maps, all sorts of ways we have maps these days. One of the things I love most about the psalms in general is how often they use geography or topography as a metaphor for our lives and what we're experiencing. Just think about some of some of your favorite psalms that you might know. Psalms of lament are filled with references to life in a pit, being stuck in a dry and weary land, walking through a valley. The psalmists also talking about, talk about looking up to the hills, Psalm 121 that we started our service with today, out to the seas, and they are encouraged by streams of water. Israel itself sees land as a demonstration of God's love and promise coming to fruition. Now, I was a geography major at the University of Washington, so I'm very interested in geography. And I specialize in cartography, which is map making. Often when I say I was a geography major, the response is usually, aren't all the maps in the world made? Is anybody mapping uncharted waters? Are they finding new land? But I'll have you know that... Although geography majors may be few, they have some of the highest per capita income of any college major. (laughs) That might be influenced by the fact that basketball star Michael Jordan, future King of England Prince William were both geography majors. But I like to think I contribute to that in some way. So needless to say, I find geography fascinating. The role it plays in planning, how where you are, has a tremendous impact on who you are, on your circumstances. The old success in business adage, location, 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 that rings true. Where you are has a huge impact not only on how you see yourself, but how you see the world and how other people see you. It's all about orientation. So let's take a closer look at this psalm with location and orientation in mind. If you found yourself in the city of Jerusalem when this psalm was written, your orientation was security. It's set in a valley, and it has hills all around it. It would have been one of the safest cities because of this protective fortress these mountains provided. I've had the privilege of going to Jerusalem and seeing Mount Zion, and it is one of the highest points in the city. From it, you can see all the surrounding land in Israel. Mount Zion is a place of security, a place of strength. It feels like it will last forever. That word I feel like it's um, should be said in a deep booming voice forever. If you look at verse 1, those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion which cannot be moved, but abides forever. The psalm points to the ultimate picture of security in our world, a mountain that can't be moved. Now, for those of us in the Northwest might think, well, mountains are a little bit scarier than that. They're volcanoes, right? They can erupt." But not for this psalmist looking at Mount Zion. It was a mountain that can't be moved. In Jerusalem, a city where God dwelt for his people Israel. That's the sort of geography you long for when it comes to faith in what is unseen. Trust in what God offers. And both verses 1 and 2 talk about how this safety and security will go on forever. Now, I think we can all agree this need for security seems hardwired into us. We need food, we need water, we need shelter, we need to feel secure. And a person who trusts in the Lord is like a mountain. That's how Israel is described. God's people. But then, if we think back to the Old Testament, we know "Ah, that's not always true. Eugene Peterson calls it the saw-toothed history of Israel, up and down and up and down. They were rock-solid one day, the most secure people, immovable, and the next, as vulnerable as a pothole full of water. We read stories of Israel walking across the Red Sea on dry land, And then becoming incredibly anxious in the desert. Where are we going to get our food from? We hear of Israel carrying around the Ark of the Covenant with care. They made a tabernacle where they could worship God. And then they're dancing in a Canaanite fertility shrine. We read of the disciples in the upper room. Listening to Jesus, confident of his love. And the next day, they're hiding their faces. Pretending they don't even know him. Not exactly rock solid like a city of God surrounded by mountains. When we examine ourselves, the road trip of faith we find ourselves on, are we that much different from Israel? Can we relate to their stories as individuals? Can we relate to them as a church? Have we allowed the flat tires that we've experienced to shake our trust in God? When I think about my own faith, probably the most consistent thing I can say about it is how easily I'm shaken. One day, I'm bursting with life, trusting in God, excited to be a minister of his love. And then 24 hours later, I'm overwhelmed with doubt and insecurity, not just in my own abilities, but in trusting that God is with me, that God loves me. I can be moved by nearly anything happening in my life. And not even just to me, it can just happen near me. In this world of chaos and pain, we become anxious. We slip into fear. We are ruled by insecurity. So in order to be confident, just like Israel, we try to gain control of our circumstances. In order to feel secure, we put up defenses, both literal and figurative, maybe some walls. And we find other things besides God to guarantee our security. We take out some extra insurance policies. Maybe it's security built on money and success. Maybe it's built on moral and righteous living. I'm right, doggone it. Maybe it's in having as many relationships as we can or putting all our trust in those relationships. Or if you're younger or an older generation, trying to get as many Facebook friends as you can. Whatever we can do so it looks like we have security. An orientation that appears to not be able to be moved. But as we build up these defenses that look secure, they all require that we look over our shoulder, make sure we're okay, pay attention to everywhere we put our foot so we don't slip into a pothole and it all comes crashing down and we find out how exhausted we are from trying to tightly control everything. If we look at Israel again, throughout its history, pain and suffering were a part of its life. Sometimes they endured it with great hope, trusting in God. And sometimes they tried to avoid it with some insurance policies, like praying to Yahweh and to Baal. We'll make a golden calf, just to be sure. And I think this obsession with security is a way of life for us. We don't even really think about it anymore just think about trying to get through an airport without taking off your shoes. You can't really do it, right? It's the way we live our lives, and we try to avoid pain and suffering at all costs. And similarly, take out some salvation insurance policies. Just in case God doesn't have my back, I'm going to make sure I do. When we're children, we all have our boogeyman that we're trying to avoid. Mine look like Medusa from the Greek myths. Probably watched Clash the Titans a little bit too young, but she has snakes for hair and she could turn me to stone when she looked at me and she lived at the end of the hallway that led to my bedroom. So in order to avoid her suffering she might cause, I would turn on the hallway light to walk to my bedroom because then she would go away. Now, my dad told me he would pay me a nickel for every time I walked down the hall without turning on the light. I'm not necessarily promoting bribery as a form of parenthood, but this is what he tried. And I said, okay, I'll do that, but can I be paid in advance? <laughs> he said, no, that's not how it works. Why do you want that? And I thought, well, I can throw them at the as I run by. If I just have the nickels in my hand, then sure, that'll be great. Now I realize my dad wanted me to see I was secure and I didn't need to turn on the light because he would protect me from Medusa. Because my dad was on my side, I was okay. He knew I was stronger than I thought I was. To handle what frightened me, he knew that. I just didn't believe it. Our security insurance to, to avoid difficulty, to sidestep it, that can become a way of life, and we do it without realizing it. Maybe we do it by stockpiling money, the abundance that God has given us, instead of sharing from that abundance. Or we ignore difficult relationships. There might be a confrontation. Sure, there's going to be reconciliation at the end, but I might end up feeling vulnerable and insecure, so I'm just going to avoid it. Or we avoid serving, trying something new because we might fail. But this is a chaotic, broken world that we live in. Misery happens. No matter how careful, no matter how many insurance policies we take out, there are going to be sharp turns that we aren't expecting and we're going to experience confusion, disappointment, suffering. Israel certainly experienced that in its history. And we know that. We know that's true. We only have to watch the news. We only have to listen to each other, share from our lives, to know that is true. The writer of the psalm knew something that we too often forget. When we face our brokenness, when we face the brokenness in this world, what we are left with, Is the faithfulness of our God. Nothing else in the world has the last word. Just like my father knew when I was facing Medusa, we're stronger than we think we are because God is on our side. No matter what comes our way, we can survive like a mountain that cannot be moved. Psalm 125 goes on in verse 3 to describe what happens in the lives of those who trust in the Lord. Wickedness shall not rest on them. The righteous will do good and they don't need to concern themselves with evildoers because they will be led away by the Lord. Those who trust in the Lord can't be moved. Judgment is not their concern because God is in control. How much more freeing is a road trip when we know God is in control? If we can look at Israel one last time, the grace that we have in scripture that the crazy road trip that they were on, one thing stays the same through all of it. They are always God's people. That never wavers, that never changes. Misery and danger never have the last word. God has the last word. God has the last word for the suffering of Job, for the Israelites stuck in slavery. For them, as they enter into the promised land, for the Israelites in exile, God had the last word on the cross with the death and resurrection of our Savior, Jesus, where we can see our God is steadfastly with us, filling us with never-ending grace and love forever. Our security is not based on how we feel. It comes from who God is. We're secure not because we're sure of ourselves, but because we trust that God is sure of us. It's not from human feelings, but the solid, unmoving geography of a mountain. And this is a metaphor that includes not only us as individuals, but also us as a community. My security in God is strengthened by your security in God. We as God's people, God's church, are vital in being able to trust. Because we need community around us supporting us when we are struggling. When we are in pain. When we face confusion and disappointment. Holding us up. Reminding us we are all citizens in the unshakable kingdom of God. Finally, the psalm ends in verse 5 with peace be on Israel. And ultimately, this kind of sums up what the whole psalm is about. The shalom, the well-being, and the being well of God's people Israel. In an overly simplistic translation, it might say, relax, Israel. Your God is in charge. You can rest in him. You can trust in him. You are secure. What kind of geography do you find yourself on? On this crazy road trip of faith, there are going to be potholes, difficulty, pain, suffering. They're part of the journey. But we are as secure as a mountain When we put our trust in the Lord, because He is on our side forevermore. Gracious God, we are grateful that You make us as unshakable, as unmovable as Mount Zion, because we are Yours. We are Your children. We are Your people. And we know that it is by your love and grace that we live in this world. God, I pray that we would be people who can share that unshakable love and trust with those around us. Show us what it means to be your people, to be your mountain every day. In your holy name, amen. For more UPC audio or to find out about service times, visit us at upc.org. All online audio is available on CD and cassette. To order copies of sermons and classes, please visit upc.org slash audio, email audio at upc.org, or call 206-524-7301, extension 117.